You're listening to the Marketing for Learning podcast, the only podcast in the world designed to help you increase your capabilities when it comes to marketing in the learning function. We're here to help you make your learners do things they don't want to do. You're welcome. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Marketing for Learning podcast and our second episode of the mini masterclass series. As I said in last week's episode, this week we're going to be talking all about learner personas. Learner personas is a concept we've spoken a lot about on the Marketing for Learning podcast, but today we're going to dig a bit deeper into what you actually need to find out from your target audience in order to create your own learner personas. As I promised last week, each of these sessions will end with some takeaways for you to go and do. And unsurprisingly, today's session will end with you actually trying to create out your own learner persona. So you might want to listen to this one a couple of times. I promise I'll try to keep the bad jokes to a minimum. But let's get started, shall we? So first things first, what is a learner persona? Well, a learner persona is a fictional representation of your target audience. They help us understand our people on a much deeper level. We dig into motivations and emotional drivers. We dig into pain points and we really begin to understand our target audience on a personal level. Often we have audiences of thousands of people. So we make sure we limit our learner personas to just three to five personas. And that might seem like a tough job, but it's really, really important, especially in an L&D context. Your personas are essentially buckets that you put your target audience into. If you have five personas and each of them have different motivations and pain points, then in our communications, we can answer those pain points, we can tap into those motivations, and we'll be able to get more of our audience engaged with what we're doing, because it feels to them as though we're talking directly to their needs, their wants, and their desires. Because ultimately, marketing is a process. And to do anything well within marketing, we really, really must know our target audience. And it's only then that we can decide what tactics and strategies we're going to use to help influence their behavior. Ultimately, all of this helps us answer that what's in it for me question so much better. But that's all well and good, but you're probably thinking right now, okay, Han, so you've told me what it is, but how on earth do I create one? Do I just pluck things out of thin air? Do I just make them up as I go along? And of course not. We base our personas on actual data and actual research that we're going to need to do. We need to make sure that our personas are based on both qualitative and quantitative data. So qualitative, for those of you that don't know, is the kind of real life emotional answers. So if you send out a survey or you interview somebody and they give you a long form answer to say, I really like learning for these reasons that's qualitative data. It's their opinion, it's their thoughts, and it's their feelings. Where quantitative data is data we cannot argue with. It's yes or no, black or white. It is there in numbers or in some kind of data point that we can say, look, we can't we can't squabble about this, we can't argue with it. It is telling us one thing and one thing only. It's not open to interpretation. 
But when we're creating personas, particularly for the first time, we also need to embellish this information with some of our own assumptions. So if, for example, one of your quantitative data points is that a whole cohort of people absolutely never log into your learning platform, but you realise that all of those people are field-based workers, so they're always away from the office, they rarely go on their laptop, then perhaps you can make the assumption that we need to target these people differently. These people feel isolated because all of our communications and our learning opportunities are based around being on a laptop and they're not on a laptop. So you do need to embellish your personas with some assumptions, but they need to be well thought through assumptions. You can't just say things that make your life easier. And with the assumptions you put in your learner personas, over time you'll be able to prove and disprove them. Learner personas are not a static object. They are not something that is created once and then will work for you forever. So now we know what kind of data we need to include, what do we need to be looking at? So it's all well and good me saying to you, send out a survey, what are you going to ask them? Ultimately, learner personas come down to four key groupings, and that's demographics, geographics, psychographics, and behaviours. So let's start that in reverse a little bit. Let's start with the psychographics. Psychographics are what really tell us a lot about an individual. It's things like their values. It is their pain points. It's the emotional drivers and their aspirations. It's the things that get them out of bed in the morning. And as Ellen Diaz, it's quite easy to be like, oh, well, you need to do this learning because it's going to help your career growth. But what if your psychographic data tells you this person literally doesn't care about their career growth? All they care about is getting their paycheck at the end of the month. Your communications about career growth are not going to make that person move and make that person engage with learning. So we need to really understand our personas and our target audience on this level to understand what is going to get them moving. Often aspirations, motivations, things like that actually aren't that much about work. Normally, you'll probably have one cohort of people that are really, like, they want to climb that career ladder. But often, some people work really hard because they want to give the best possible life to their family. Or some people work really, really hard because they want to retire early. But we need to understand this so that we're better communicating our offering to them to answer their what's in it for me. Coupling psychographic data with behaviours is the best way to really understand what's going on. So behaviours might even be the most interesting part for us. Um, And it's the one that we've probably got the most data on that we can use. For example, time available for learning. We know that our audience have, on average, what, 37.5 hours a week that they're working. Um, And we know that probably 37.5 or more hours of that are filled up with work. So how can we target these people to say, look, you need to prioritise learning, you need to make the time for it. We can see their habits and the activities. So if somebody's always logging into your learning platform, but only ever looks at PDFs, that's a data point. Perhaps at that point, they they need a job aid rather than a piece of um, e-learning, for example. And it can help us understand what they need and how we can present our offering to them. 
Also within behaviours, things like mobile phone usage, things like laptop usage, like I've already mentioned. What if you're targeting somebody that literally never turns on their laptop? And for those of us that are based in an office-based job, that is alien to us. Like, I genuinely could not do my job without my laptop. But there are a lot of people out there that excel in their roles and they never really look at their laptops. Things like this really help us find where our people are hanging out and how we can best communicate with them. So understanding this information is absolutely paramount to creating a learner persona that will really work. And then we need to embellish this information. So at the moment, we've got this picture in our head of somebody who perhaps um, is really time poor. That's often one of the big pain points that come up with psychographic data, but they're really, really aspirational. They want to climb the career ladder and their behaviours are that they do log into the learning platform often, but they never finish anything. So that's all well and good. We've got this kind of visualisation going on. But who are they really? Where are they based? Do they work in an office or do they work at home? Are they based in the same country as you or somewhere overseas? What are the cultural nuances that come with wherever they live? How does your communications and your marketing efforts impact that? These are all things we need to consider. So understanding the geographic data about our personas is just as important. And then lastly, and this is often where people start with their learner personas because it's the easiest one to do, is demographic data. In L&D, we have so much data to our disposal. We have so much information out there. We have HR systems, we have learning platforms, we have employee records, we know this stuff about our people. We know their age, we know their job role, we know the language they speak. These are the things that you can't base your personas on these solely. You can't can't create a learner persona saying, okay, we are going to create a persona of people over 50 that work in the office. Because within those people over 50 that work in your office, There's going to be a lot of different emotional drivers, aspirations, career goals. Somebody might want to retire at 60. Somebody might think, no, I'm going to work till my very last day. I can't imagine retiring. So you can't base your personas on demographic data. But you can use demographic data to really enhance your personas and create them as an actual person that you can visualize in your mind. When we create learner personas here at Mass, we always create them so they look like a visual CV. We usually put a picture on there of somebody that represents this person. We give them a name that really represents them. And over time, these personas become real people in the minds of ourselves and our clients. We worked with a client for quite a long while. And every time we sent out an email, we'd be like, this one's for Lydia, this one's for Ronald, this one's for Andy. We were thinking of people's names and they were becoming real life humans. And that really meant that when we were writing the emails and designing the emails, we were talking to that person. We were answering the what's in it for me, for them. We were saying, look, this is what you are going to get out of doing what we want you to do. And of course, unsurprisingly, it was really effective. And that's what you need to be doing with your learner personas. When you've created your personas, you need to start really championing them. When you're creating a piece of communication, perhaps you're trying to increase signups to your leadership program, for example, and you have some people that are hugely career driven, you will frame your messaging with a career growth mindset. 
Whereas if you've got people that have been in the organization a really long time and you know they'll be brilliant leaders, but they're not that motivated, maybe there's a bit of self-doubt, maybe they don't want to climb a career ladder, you might reframe that message. Maybe the message in that instance will be, be the change you want to see in our company. I don't know. I just plucked that out of thin air. But hopefully now you can see how understanding all of this information about our personas helps us really target our messages en masse. They help us really understand who our people are, who we are talking to, and to formulate our messaging to really make sure we are capturing hearts and minds. So that was a whistle-stop tour of learner personas. And perhaps this is too big of a topic to cover in a mini masterclass series. But fortunately for you guys, we have a learner personas ebook that we are going to attach in the show notes, which talks you through the process. And of course, we have the marketing masterclass. So if you really do want to learn how you can develop your own learner personas and you want us to work hands on with you to help you do that, then get in touch. Let's talk about the masterclass and see if we can get you on board. As I promised at the top of the podcast, I would absolutely love for you to do three things after listening to this podcast. And the first is nice and easy. Grab a pen and paper or open up a Word doc on your computer and write a list about all of the data sources you have within your organisation. Think about your system, so your learning platforms, your HR platforms, employee resources, things like that. Then think about the people you could talk to because they're also a data source. Are you talking to your senior leadership team? Are you talking to your newly onboarded employees? Are you talking to middle management? Then I want you to go away and collate as much data as you possibly can from your target audience. In marketing, we call this voice of customer data. And this enables us to start using a terminology that our target audience are using. Often we don't realise when we're working in marketing that some of the phrases we use can be off-putting. So using learning as example, if you're saying to your audience, get started on your self-paced learning journey right now. And they're like, what on earth is a self-paced learning journey? That sounds like a lot of effort. Um, that sounds like it's a lot of pressure on me and I don't want to do that. You might be deterring them. But you could then phrase that as learn at your own time and in your own way with the support you need from your L&D team. They might be more inclined to get involved. So that's your second task. Go away and actually talk to your target audience and see how much data you can get from them. And then thirdly, start creating your learner personas. Our ebook will really help you here. We've got some templates and guides and things that you can use, but start trying to build out these learner personas. See how you can actually create them and then start using them within your L&D team. In the full marketing masterclass, we give people the entire six weeks to create their learning personas. So please don't feel obliged to rush these and try to get them through by next week. Uh, It might take you more than a week to even get the data in the first place. But do start creating your learner personas. They are going to be critical to your ongoing marketing for learning success. So that was a whistle-stop tour of learner personas. And I really hope you found this session useful. Of course, this is a six-week mini-series I'm running here. And next week, we will be back to talk about marketing strategy and the fundamentals of marketing strategy that are going to help you, as an l and get the most out of what you're doing. So I'll see you on the next one, guys.